0: This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Little Friends and Turning Point Autism Foundation.
1: Hello, and welcome to Dana Being Dana. That's me, and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. In 2016, after six years of trying to understand missed Milestones, my firstborn child was diagnosed with autism along with two other special needs at the age of seven. I was scared, anxious, and completely overwhelmed. Luckily, I had the support of my family, friends, and a community of doctors and educators that allowed me to navigate this new path with my son. April is Autism Awareness Month, and joining me now are Carrie Provenzale, Executive Director of Turning Point Autism Foundation, and Mike Briggs, President and CEO of Little Friends, Mike, what is the mission of Little Friends?
2: Well, um, it's a great question. I'll I'll try to do it from memory now. Um, What we try to do is we try to help children and adults and their families, those that are challenged by intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism, to be able to live, learn, work, and thrive in the communities that they live in.
1: That's great. Carrie, what is the mission of Turning Point?
3: Turning Point's mission is to create uh, best practice learning environments for students impacted with autism, whether it's in a therapeutic day school setting or a college setting where we um, work on employment skills.
1: One of the things that I think is so important is for people to know the type of resources that are available to them. There's a wealth of things out there that your organizations provide, among others, that let people know that they're not alone and they've got resources. What are some of the things that are prominent in your organizations that make you such pillars in the community when it comes to autism, both awareness and advocacy and the support you give to families?
2: You we'll go
3: first? Sure, so Turning Point works with families, um, the families where we have students in our schools Um, as well as just by creating advocacy through awareness activities. One of the things we're really proud of is offering seminars at Turning Point by different um, specialists or experts in the field, and that allows families to access those supports. So we have a legal and financial planner as you know, when you have a student or a son who's impacted with autism, there's a lot of things you need help figuring out in terms of their future. And um, so we team with local experts and then provide
1: that for families to come in and learn about. Navigating that is huge. Yeah. And it's an incredible sense of, of relief that there's someone there who understands, who's willing to help, um, and who's got resources, tangible resources. Yeah, and
3: the folks that we've teamed with to offer these seminars, it's all about creating an easy pathway for families. There's a lot to navigate, and your daily life has often been very upset by the diagnosis or by your daily life challenges now that you have a child with autism. So we're trying to create a clear pathway.
2: Absolutely. Mike? Well, I mean, just imagine being a parent and getting that news and trying to determine where do you go to get help. Um, Little Friends has been around since 1965 Um, and and we started as a private day school that in the beginning um, we helped children with special needs. What's evolved over time is is a growth in programs now. We actually provide support and services that start as early as age 18 months and literally provide support all the way through the end of the life of an individual based upon the things that we do. Quickly, we have the Center for Autism that provides diagnostic evaluations and uh, multiple therapies. We operate three different schools for children starting as early as age three up to age 22, which is a very significant date in the life of a child who gets needs from uh, from the school district that supports them. We have an adult program that provides support uh, that starts at at age 22 and goes through end of life, and then we provide residential support Um, where we have 38 homes. What's um, added to what we do now and ties into families is we provide respite support for uh, families that have children with special needs and give uh, families uh, the opportunity to be able to drop their children off and to give them a couple hours a week where they can maybe do things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to because of the the needs of their child that requires them to be with them one-on-one.
1: That's huge, that's huge. In what other ways do you empower the people that you care for?
2: Um, well, I'll take this one. Uh, what, what we really try to do in terms of the work that goes on is that we are so focused on trying to develop life skills that give them the ability to have independence. And to uh, be prepared and to give them the chance to have a quality of life that may they may not, other have, they may not otherwise have. Uh, without our help and support, so um, the things that we try to do is to give them those tools and and to teach them those experiences, so that they have that self confidence, so that when they encounter them, they're those things they're able to be able to do that and perform them well.
3: So one of the things Journey Point really focuses on is the education piece as a school with our two different programs and um, the more capable we make our students the further they're going to go in life so our program outcomes in all of our programs focus on communication skills and improving those independent skills and also employment readiness skills so that we're able to always be looking at what can this um, young man or young woman do after
1: 22. What, how can they have a meaningful, productive adult life? I think it's so important. I'm so passionate about this topic because I was largely unfamiliar with autism until my child was diagnosed. I had done some work as an attorney supporting people in the IEP space and the advocacy there. But I think it's so important to raise awareness. And April is Autism Awareness Month. How do we create more, more awareness? What are things people can do? Um, what are your organizations passionate about when it comes to bringing awareness to autism? Um,
2: you know, we always try to choose something that we think is just absolutely significant and so important. And And how can we stand on a pulpit and just scream really loud to say, you need to be aware of this. Um, the, the thing that we've taken um, really a, a passionate position on is the importance of early intervention and screening to make sure that um, that children are being looked at, because um, currently right now, a number of the children, um, pediatricians are beginning to do screening on, on uh, children to see if there's any kind of tendencies for being on the autism spectrum. But the ability to have an impact on their development when their brain is still in development is so significant at, at from age two to age five. And if you wait and and they don't begin to get any kind of help or services until later on, it just makes those challenges so much more difficult. So so we personally have tried to to do a lot of things to bring that issue, uh, to bring it to bear and and to make sure that people are aware of it through social media and and other things that we talk about with regard to the impact of what we do.
3: For awareness in April this year, we're doing something new. Um, We are teaming actually with an individual with autism who is chairing a showcase, a talent showcase here in Naperville so that Um, we can really, for us this year, we wanted to focus on highlighting um, the abilities because they're incredible, talented friends of ours. And we think sometimes awareness is not connected and the hope through the showcases that the community can come together and see the many talents of our friends on the spectrum and feel that human connection and that will hopefully create even stronger awareness and move to action because awareness is one piece and then we're asking our neighbors to move
1: to action. I agree I think connection is a basic human need that everybody looks for the sense of belonging and so I want to go beyond just the awareness Um, it's about the inclusion. And, and you guys do a great job in your respective organizations promoting inclusion with respect to autism. So it's not just about the awareness, but it's about the inclusion too. What advice do you have or what things can we do with respect to inclusion um, and taking it even further?
2: Um, you know, I, I think there's there's multiple ways to take a look at that challenge. Um, from from us, from an organizational standpoint, we try to do everything that we can to, to let the people that we serve be a part of the communities that they're in. And so to be engaged in, in the things of going to the restaurants and going to the stores and, and literally just living life the way that others do. So to provide that opportunity. But there are some other organizations that have gone even further where they've done some pretty cool things with regard to creating visual supports uh things like at Brookfield Zoo where there are visual systems where they're able to help uh, the individuals that are on the spectrum to give them the ability to be comfortable where they're at and those kinds of things those are the kinds of things that I think we can continue to promote and and as businesses uh, begin to uh, grab onto that idea I think that those are things that will will help and be a benefit in time to come.
1: Mm
3: Yeah, the inclusion question is great. And I so I, lo- I love that you're doing this show because I'm hoping everybody that is watching will go a step further yes. to learn more. And one of the things about being inclusive as a community, what we have seen is oftentimes families become very isolated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's their own families or friends that just feel this pulling away. And so... Um, Inclusion is about reaching out and making sure that we're taking those next steps as friends and family members um, are navigating this journey with autism because um, they they need all of our support as we need their
1: support on other things. It's so so true. You know, one of the things that that people in my community have done personally is write letters to connect their children with uh, children who are neurotypical and um, have had conversations about, you know, These are some of the things that my child may do that may be a little bit different, um, but that doesn't mean he doesn't like pizza. He doesn't like to hang out. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to be invited to play dates and things like that. It's so important. And I'm hoping, you know, through this message that we can promote the inclusion piece in addition to the awareness piece. We'll be right back.
4: In one word, turning point is opportunity.
3: Turning point
5: is discovery. Turning point is growth.
1: Turning point is encouragement.
5: Turning point is hope.
6: Turning point is a lesson.
5: Turning point is smiles. Turning point is anything
3: students and families want it to be. We help students in many different ways through clinical approaches and programming, focusing on socially appropriate behavior, employability skills, independence, and communication. Turning Point is such a valuable part of this community. It is through the faculty, staff and students and the generous donations of the community that help us drive the work that we do.
1: We need your help.
3: We need your help. We need your help. To go the extra mile.
1: To go the extra mile.
3: To go the extra mile. To go the extra mile.
1: To go the extra
0: mile. To This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Little Friends and Turning Point Autism Foundation.
1: Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about autism. We are back with little friends, Mike Briggs and Patty Boehm, Executive Vice President. And I'd like to start with the initial diagnosis. Boys are four times more likely than girls to be diagnosed. When a child is diagnosed with autism, Mm -hmm. what is that first step?
0: You know, the first step is going to be, is getting a plan together. If the child's had a very comprehensive diagnosis, like we do, where you do cognitive testing and you do autism testing, you do communication testing, then we're gonna really lay out a plan for them. And then we're gonna bring those families back in for follow-up and gonna really stay with them. For families who get more of a diagnosis, which is more of a label, what I would do is I would send them to an autism expert so they can really look at who that child is and make sure they understand the cognitive issues with that child as well as the social issues so they can so that they can make a plan for that child. Because the the label of autism tells you very little about that person.
1: I think it is worth mentioning again the importance of early intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that so crucial?
0: You know, it is so important because what we know is that by the time a child is three years old their brain has a lot of things that are already set. So if you can get a child in before age three, then you can make tremendous progress. And so what we do is we, when we're working with little ones, is that we do a lot of repetition and training because there's a certain style of teaching that really works for kids with autism. And we have a lot of consistency going. And that's going to lay the groundwork for the child for the rest of their life. Now, what I always say to parents is that okay, maybe you didn't get your child diagnosed and in, in by the time they're five. Um, it is never too late for intervention. Always. Oh, um, and we need to support those families to get what they need.
2: The economic impact of what happens, too, is, is something that, that you would think would serve as motivation for, for everyone who's dealing with this challenge to say, okay, we need to get on top of this sooner than later. There's statistical data that, sh- that says specifically that the costs that will be incurred in the life related to the medical challenges associated with being uh, diagnosed on the autism spectrum. If you can get into therapy prior to age five, as opposed to getting started later, your costs on an annual, on, on a lifetime basis will be about three times more if you get into after five as opposed to prior. And there's some interesting and, and somewhat um, eye-opening statistics now that are saying that by calendar year 2025, that um, it's expected that this entire industry, in terms of what's going on, that the costs associated with autism and support are going to exceed four hundred and sixty billion dollars by wow. twenty twenty-five, and that's a huge number. Um, and so, wh- where's that money going to come from? And so, I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of things that are going on, but it, it, the the need is just so significant it to is. to um, get started right away.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, can you talk about the impact of autism or special needs? On families, we talked about mm-hmm. economics. Can we talk more about some of the, some of the different so, impacts?
0: So, with a lot of our families, what's going on is that their children are in therapy, and so that their lives are are very busy. Um, moms and dads don't have time for each other, so it's really hard with marriages because they're usually going so many different directions. Um, you know, they have to take care of other children also, uh, and so I think the impact is is great. Um, You know, so many of these families don't get help from extended family because they don't understand autism. Their neighbors don't understand autism. And so, you know, you're living a life, a lot of times that's somewhat isolated. And so I think that we need to, our schools, um, our
1: communities really need to support these families as much as we can. And how do you recommend we support these families? Because I think the the diagnosis can have such Mm -hmm. an impact. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of marriages don't survive special needs diagnoses.
0: I think one of the The, most important things is professionals getting a really good relationship with parents. And so that when a professional has a good relationship with that parent, that parent's going to come to them. And then they're going to be able to talk to them about what to do. One of the things that I do is I follow kids and then I follow that parent. That parent keeps coming back to me. And so they have that person that they trust um, which is going which makes a big difference when you don't have a lot of people to go to. More well, support groups, um, different ways to,
2: to really provide. Not only those help. organizations, but their peers as well. And, and being connected through their own network of people that have like experiences is so important. And, and just having someone to trust and to know someone who's going through the same kind of thing that, that understands and can relate to, to what they're dealing with, um, that's so significant. And any way that you can facilitate that, you're making impact uh, on that family.
1: I think that's absolutely true. And one of the things that I've noticed is how there is a generational support when it comes to supporting um, a diagnosis of autism. You've got parents who uh, jump in, obviously. You've got grandparents mm-hmm. who jump in. So there's a, it's a village yeah. It really it takes a village. Is. We have a lot
0: of grandparents that bring the kids. Um, I would say fifty percent wow. of the grandparents are bringing the children because a lot of our we have a lot of little ones, and so they're coming during the day, and mom and dad work. People are working um, to pay um, for. So yeah, well, the services. That,
2: that's exactly the issue: is that the parents are having to work multiple jobs to pay for for some of the cost on the mm-hmm. the deductibles related to the cost of insurance, and in doing that. They're not there, and so grandparents are picking up the, picking up the, mm-hmm. the extra time and the, and the load that's required with that.
1: How can we make some of these services more affordable? One of the things that we
0: um, have done, um, I'm the co-chair for the Illinois Autism Task Force, and one of the things that we did was we got a bill passed um, to pro- provide ABA um, for families on Medicaid. Yes. And so I do think that um, we have a lot of families. We have families in Naperville that are on Medicaid and they cannot get services That's huge um, for their fatty. kids. And so that is one of the that is one of the most exciting things that we've done in the task force um, is to get um, the, the governor to to pass this bill. So we hope to be seeing things happening in the next couple of months. That's huge.
2: I, I think there's one other angle that, that um I think merits discussion and and exploration and that is the use of technologies. Um, I I think with some of the traditional ways in which therapy has been provided and trying to get people to different locations it becomes an incredible challenge for families and so there are some things that are out there that we're exploring and trying to learn about um, that would enable the use of technology in, in terms of being able to observe and, and try to um, minimize those costs and make it easier. And in turn, that would translate into, to, into lower costs related to the delivery of the service. And, and that in turn, I think is something that we've got to look at as an industry overall.
1: Well, I think the work that you do is incredible. And we thank you for the, the technology, the skills, the staff. Um, you're such a pillar in the community and standing up for autism. And so we're incredibly grateful. Thank you, little friends.
0: episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Little Friends and Turning Point Autism Foundation.
1: Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we have been talking about autism awareness. We are back with Megan, Riley, and Howard from Turning Point. Howard, you're the parent of two autistic children. Yep. What advice do you have for others who are navigating this journey from your own experience?
4: Well, it is a journey, uh, that is for sure. But you know, when you you first learn that you you have a child that's on the spectrum, um, there's just an overwhelming uh, number of emotions that go through from anger to hopelessness to fear and, and really what happens next. And uh, I can speak from firsthand experience that there was just this overwhelming sense of hopelessness for me. Yes. And my message to parents really is is that there is hope out there and that uh, there are uh, great organizations like Turning Point, like Little Friends, out there to help support and navigate. And the sooner you can seek that out, the the quicker you can begin to, to feel like there is hope out there for our family.
1: And you yeah. are certainly not alone. Yeah. Uh, what ages are your are your kids?
4: All my sons are 20 and 18 now. Okay. And uh, it has been absolutely fantastic. My older son uh, is a student in the career college. I never thought he would get to be there. Uh, and he's there. And uh, my youngest son, who's lesser impacted, is at North Central College right now. So very cool.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about career college? I think it's so important because I think one thing as a parent myself of a child with autism, one of the biggest fears is... What do you do when the bus stops coming, when the school bus stops coming? At what age do, do students age out of services, and then what?
5: Yeah, so Turning Point is, we like to think a place of hope for adult services, and we're growing our adult services more and more. The Career College specifically is servicing students 18 and older. Um, Some students go through their transition program and then join us after that. Some opt out of their transition program because it's not quite meeting their needs. Um, So Turning Point is is a place of hope for those families, and we focus on independent living skills, social communication, and employability and supporting students as they gain meaningful employment and what that means for their life. And working with corporate partners so that we're promoting inclusion, um, that individuals with autism are an asset to the community, to a job. They're cool.
1: That's awesome. Riley, you're part of the Career College, right? Uh,
6: Yeah, I'm a student that goes there.
1: You're a student that goes there. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do?
6: so during the weekdays it's a monday through thursday program that lasts, lasts like a few hours so what we do there is we typically uh, find jobs uh, applied to jobs on our own sometimes they want us to do a little task like one time they want us to cut the icons there's like little icons that we make for. Uh, some of the day school students are younger because there's like all different sorts of ages that go there and there's a bunch of different other programs as well and that's typically what we do in a day
1: what's your favorite part about the career college uh,
6: my favorite part about the career college is like how much i've learned throughout it i've it prepared me a lot more for the professional world because uh because the the job interview it you know, because the interview skills that I've learned yep. there has
4: helped me a lot.
1: That's incredible. You have a son as well who participates yeah. in the career college. Can you tell us a little bit about his experience?
4: Well, you know, I, I think a lot of it is socialization and, and being around uh, peers who, are, who are, have the same challenges and seeing how they cope with it and, and ultimately building friendships. Um, for, for, for my son, it's, it, it's a path to independence. And um, he, he, he cherishes every, every, every morning that he gets to go to Turning Point, for sure. <laughs> and
5: Career College is a place of empowerment. So we want to empower the students to be able to self-advocate for their needs, um, self-advocate for the relationships that they're building or want to build, whether that be in their personal lives or in the employment realm. So where do you want to be? And let's empower yeah. you to take those next steps. Um, so it's a, it's a really neat program and I'm really Proud of everyone in it and what those steps are. That, that empowerment
1: taking. is huge. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what what working and employment, the connectedness? Right at the end of the day, we all just want to be connected. We all want a sense of belonging. Can you talk a little bit about um, what that means to the adults in the program?
5: Yeah, connectedness is um, at the root of everything. Um, they have to be connected not only to themselves, but to their instructors, to their employment partners. Um, And as they build connections uh, meaningfully from one level to another level to another level, um, we kind of see students grow and blossom um, in programs.
4: And and it's not only the students, it's the parents because a lot of the parents who have students going through career college never expected that their son or daughter would be looking for meaningful employment. And to me, uh, some of the best stories that I hear are back from parents who talk about how not only have you changed the life of my son or my daughter, mm-hmm. but how you've changed the lives of our, our family and, and, and the impact that that's had um, in, in such a positive way to lead them to better places and to see their, their son and daughter flourish. Like We all want our, our kids to do.
1: Yeah. In what ways do you see this programming that focuses on adults and and just helping um, the students who attend the career college uh, grow. Like in what ways? What's the future look like for Turning Point for those students? It seems so bright. And it's been incredible for what you've already accomplished. So what would be next?
5: And it is so bright. There's always gonna be a next step. And um, speaking specifically to programming right now, we're moving into semester two. So um, that means that we're catering programming more specifically to students. What do you wanna get out of this program? What do you wanna explore? Whether that's paralegal, whether that's working in a restaurant and then being backing the student and following that path.
4: Yeah, and one of the side effects of all of this is that we're engaging with organizations and they're becoming aware of the skill sets that these individuals bring and finding that they want more. I mean, we hear when we place uh, one of our students in uh, an organization, they're coming back and say, how many more can we get? Because these individuals are awesome. They're great to be here. They're happy to be here and they have a positive impact on our entire culture. So um, it's really cool to see. We thought we were just finding getting jobs for some of these kids that are on the spectrum, but what we're really doing is we're changing the mindsets of organizations and, and helping them realize that that there is um, there is a lot of hope for uh, bringing in individuals on the spectrum or with special needs, and and actually having them be successful and contributing to their organization in a very positive way.
1: And that's the inclusion that I'm talking yeah, about, it's which very cool. I love. It's incredibly powerful because it's not just the awareness, right? Right. Hire this one student. It's about bringing on more,
4: right? Lifting
1: as you climb, yeah. and it's that's incredible. Yeah. I, I really, really think that's neat. Can you talk a little bit about how what support looks like? for for people who are more impacted by their diagnosis.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to the career college, in the realm of adult services, we also have an adult day pilot. So that is for students that are more impacted, still focusing on independent living, social communication and employability skills, but making it so it's more accessible, still giving them vocational opportunities, um, sorting, um, labeling, packaging, so that they have ownership over something meaningful for their lives um, and making sure that all those things are accessible for them.
4: And the amazing thing that we see regardless of impactedness is how intelligent our students are. And really the level of impactedness is really just peeling away to get to figure out what that intelligence is and how we can apply it and once we get there and we can unlock that usually through communication uh, it's amazing what what these individuals can do so there's a lot of hope for for uh, individuals who are, are more severely impacted that's
1: awesome riley what's next for you where once, do you want to work
6: <laughs> well actually i have not really gotten a job yet so i've want to start somewhere small maybe like a small store, maybe like a restaurant, something like that. And
1: do you feel like the Career College has helped you Yeah. see that as a goal?
6: It's definitely helped a lot in just a lot more aspects in the professional world.
1: That's incredible. I'm excited for you. I think your future is very bright Mm -hmm. thanks to Turning Point, thanks to a support system, thanks to a great community that backs you up. When it comes to a diagnosis of any special need for your child, I encourage you to trust your instincts. This is a topic that truly hits home for me because I have lived it. I am passionate about bringing not just awareness to autism, but meaningful inclusion for all individuals on the spectrum. This also includes all kinds of support for their families as well. Special thanks to organizations like Little Friends and Turning Point Autism Foundation that make a huge difference in so many lives impacted by autism. It matters. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time.